Hello, everybody. John Thompson here with Community.Connect. Uh, once again, with our good friend, Doug Gardenhire from uh, the Respiratory Therapy Program at Georgia State. Hey, Doug, how you doing today? Wonderful, John. How's everything with you? Uh, well, you know, pushing the rock up the hill. Uh, uh, th these are challenging times, but exciting at the same time. Um, it's uh, a new day for innovation every day. Uh, I'm sure you guys are in a similar boat over at Georgia State. We are. What, what, uh, you know, trying to figure everything out. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Join the crowd. Uh, what, uh, I think, you know, the people tuning into this, uh, interview are also trying to figure it out, you know, and, uh, we've, we've met before on, on our podcast here and wanted to uh, kind of start off today with, since we last spoke, I think it was probably six weeks ago, four or six weeks ago. Um, what's changed? Where are we at? Give us, give us, uh, your perspective on, uh, the coronavirus uh, globally and, or locally. Now, what do we know now that we didn't know then? What, what's changed? Bring us up to speed. Well, I, yeah, I think what we, I think what we are, are seeing, at least what uh, we may be hearing uh, through reports, is that uh, unfortunately, um, here in Georgia and I think many places around um, the United States, uh, we've been seeing a surge, and I think we've been seeing that surge because we're not doing some of the precautions that we, we need to. Um, we, we hear from, from other countries that have been doing a heck of a lot better than we have, uh, simply because they have had you know, more stringent um, guidelines in place and they have had um, the citizens there follow um, those guidelines. So, you know, really where we're at here in Georgia and, and a lot of hot spots around the country is that we're not doing our part. And that part is really trying to distance we can um, you know, trying to, um, we, we've got to really change our habits about how we go, you know, go about um, doing our daily lives. Um, there's been a big push, I know, here in Georgia, uh, just recently in the city of Atlanta, uh, the mayor had put in an executive order that mandates uh, mask wearing uh, at all times mm -hmm. uh, when uh, in the public. Um, and masks are an important thing. Uh, masks are very important. And I'm, I'm all for wearing them. Um, remember, we've talked about before with the science really tells us that it's not going to help us when we inhale. Uh, but what it really does is makes a protective cover for us so that when we are talking, singing, um, sneezing, coughing, uh, all of those things, it's going to reduce that particle spread and so that it's not going to be pushed out into that room. So it almost pushes it here and keeps it within our uh, personal bubble, uh, if you will. And that's the important part of what the mask does along with uh, the distancing. So that physical distance uh, is appropriate, uh, especially in large groups. And we've seen that with a lot of the different, um, a lot of the different uh, that have occurred uh, around the country uh, due to uh, what's uh, been happening here in the U.S. that we've seen an increase in those cases because those individuals have been close together. They haven't worn masks. Uh, and of course, they're talking, shouting, uh, and that's when we start to project uh, the, uh, the aerosol droplets. And so the aerosol droplets are really where we're most concerned with. Uh, it doesn't seem that um, it's as important, although it is important, that you know, we've, I think, first worried about surfaces. Uh, all those are important. We still must wash our hands on a regular basis all the time. If we can use any kind of wipes, uh, uh, any kind of uh, you know, alcohol, uh, hand, you know, any kind of uh, 
uh, hand um, sanitizer, those are all very important things that uh, we can do. And, and I think that's really what we need to do to continue to tamp down uh, some of these increases around the, uh, around the state, around the country. You know, I think I have friends in Spain that, you know, we spoke uh, with when Spain was on lockdown and, and uh, they were saying, you know, our kids haven't been outside our apartment in two months. And they were on, I mean, considerate lockdown, lockdown more so than I think we have been or will be in the future. Um, but what, I mean, the social distancing, the, the, the masks, the face covering and um, hand washing, all important things. Are there any other like lessons learned from around the world? Um, Italy, Spain, some of these other hotspots that we've seen that, is there anything else we can do or just kind of stay the course with those, you know, kind of top three to five practices? Um, or is there something else? I mean, what, what would you say? Well, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think, there, I think the big difference we have is, you know, we're Americans and um, unfortunately Americans aren't told, um, you know, whenever they're told something to do, they do something opposite, unfortunately. Uh, not like it is maybe in some of our um, other counterparts around the world. And I think that's the big difference where, you know, a lot of those countries that have reduced cases to, you know, very small, uh, low cases uh, around the world, those have done a really good, because what they've done, they shut everything down, just as you talk. They were in, um, they had everything shut down probably somewhere in the 90 to 95% um, right. So they have, you know, utilized that, um, that uh, um, staying at home very, very seriously. We're here in the U.S., even though we had a stay-at-home order, it was short. Uh, and even if it was, it was still at best 50%. Mm -hmm. So really only if we look at that, you know, 90, 95% to 50% huge that, um, number where we're, we're, we have individuals that that are spreading that and that's why we kind of see where we're at is that we're not we're not following the guidelines we're not mm -hmm. doing what we should and if we can do those things and try them when we can mm -hmm. wear a mask wash our hands i think those this will continue to help um, but i'm sure you and many others who are watching or listening to this uh, can go into a grocery store every day can go into a hardware store every day and there are hand handfuls and handfuls of individuals that are not um, math. You know, it's probably not that big of a deal if no one's talking, <laughs> you know, no one's doing I mean, that's really where we see that, you know, see that projection of the aerosol particles is through talking, singing, coughing, sneezing. Uh, that's where we're seeing that. You know, if you just walk or lift, I guess in a sense you're going to be okay uh, and not spread that. I think the other thing that we, we see is that, uh, we have more younger individuals. Remember in the beginning, we were thinking it was just younger. Uh, we're seeing a uh, surge in some of the younger uh, individuals. And a, lo a lot of these younger folks are carriers, but they don't have any symptoms. And that's another uh, issue that we're um, seeing that just because they don't have symptoms, they think they're fine. And so they're out doing what they wouldn't do with friends. Uh, and so that, I think that's another big issue. Uh, ultimately, Testing um, would be great. Uh, that's very hard um, at some times. Uh, and the way the, the uh, nasopharyngeal swabs 
if you have had that, you can know it's not pleasant. So that may be a detractor for a lot of folks. Um, I know at Georgia State, uh, we are looking to do some testing for um, students, for faculty. Our athletes have been uh, regularly tested at Georgia State using a nasal pharyngeal swab. Every week, uh, uh, the Georgia State uh, athletics um, athletes are, are tested. Mm. And so, so there is some talk of a new uh, test where they can use saliva. Uh, and so that's going to be a, could be much easier um, for individuals to do, but also uh, the, you know, the, the pleasant factor is going to be a lot higher from spitting in a cup than it is to putting a, a nasal swab all the way to the back, uh, back of your nose, uh, where it feels like it uh, may be tickling your brain. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I, I can imagine that would be uncomfortable. I have not been tested. Have you been tested during this time? I've not been, no, I've not been, I've had any symptoms, um, but uh, I've been tested for flu and it's the exact same swab. So <laughs> if you've had a flu test in the past uh, through a nasopharyngeal, the exact same, it's the exact same swab. Well, yeah, no, well, so you, you know, as we talk about the young people, right, you work with young people all the time, Georgia State's uh, respiratory therapy program um, has, you know, is one of the prominent, most prominent programs uh, for respiratory therapy in the country. Um, and as you consider, as you plan on coming back to class, um, certainly you can't test students every day. Well, how, are you, how are you planning on getting back to the classroom and, um, you know, training these frontline workers to get out? Because the demand is high for, for, uh, for respiratory therapists right now. What kind of preparations are going on? Yeah, great questions. So um, what we've been doing, uh, and we may have touched on that the last time we spoke, um, you know, this, this summer semester, which we're um, winding down right now, okay. uh, we've been all remote learning, uh, except for laboratory uh, and clinical sessions. So all of our students have been uh, in the laboratory, multiple students, um, uh, roughly about 10, 10 students um, per section uh, coming in to do uh, hands-on um, with uh, mechanical ventilation because that's where we're heading in the fall uh, is uh, out to the intensive care units for all of our students. We've also been uh, in our pulmonary function laboratory uh, at clinical. So we've been uh, out there uh, with, uh, with the pulmonary function uh, group doing a lot of diagnostic testing that way. And of course, all of our students uh, are doing what we uh, have put in place, which is trying to social, you know, socially, physically distance when we can in the lab when we are at clinical. Uh, everybody is wearing uh, proper um, personal protection equipment, mask, gloves, gowns, etc. And the other addition that we're doing for all of our laboratories is that um, all students are checked with a um, with an infrared um, scanner uh, mm. thermometer uh, so that we can uh, log down there. So um, all faculty and um, students have that done. So moving to the fall, um, the University System of Georgia has you know, put it in place that we are returning to campus. Campus is going to be open uh, in the hope that we're going to try to get as many as possible. So the provost of Georgia State had um, put together um, the ability for you to 
um, kind of pick and choose what was going to be best for your program. You know, of course, we've got all kinds of different programs around uh, around the university. Uh, in healthcare, specifically in respiratory therapy, we chose to be face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we're doing there with the, the help of the, the university was able to provide large classrooms for us, could physically distance. All students will have masks on during class. Uh, and also, of course, will be scanned uh, for the temperature. So we're going to make sure that uh, that they understand the symptoms, they understand uh, the need to um, care for themselves. We want them to, you know, use the restroom, wash their hands. We make sure that we have sanitizer available in the classroom at all times. Uh, but that's the plan today. Now it could change tomorrow, but the plan today is uh, all of our students be in class, face-to-face, and this is something that they've been wanting. Uh, our second-year students who have kind of got that uh, in the spring and kind of we got shut down from uh, face-to-face to, to online, now I'm doing it um, this summer, they're very anxious to get back, and they know that the, the learning for them, at least in some of this, the, the information and the skills that they have to have uh, to be a healthcare practitioner, to be a respiratory therapist, uh, they need to be face-to-face and, and have the con- uh, that uh, contact uh, with uh, the instructors. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's some, there's some programs and uh, degrees that certainly require uh, face-to-face. Um, you know, software developers or otherwise, you know, maybe there's a, a lot more opportunity online. But for those who are going to be in the front line, you have to have that in person and I'm, I'm encouraged to hear that um, your students and um, and supervisors will be able to to get into the ICU you, you know units and hospitals to, to get that clinical experience if I heard you correctly and um, that there indeed is not an, an opportunity there I, I spoke with a colleague in Florida where um, their students uh, he's a professor there and, and um, uh, nursing students are not they don't, the hospitals don't have enough protective um, equipment for them to to give to a student uh, for observation, right? So obviously, um, it's apples and oranges. But I'm encouraged to hear that your students will have that opportunity because that's obviously one of the you know uh, most critical components of their um, of their experience um, at, at Georgia State is having that um, personal professional. Um, you know, interaction, uh, I'm sure. So I'm encouraged. And it sounds like you found a way to, uh, found a way forward um, with your, with your program. So uh, congratulations with that. Uh, Let's hope that everything proceeds as planned. Um, There's talk about, you know, uh, this this second wave, you know, do you see anything on the horizon that is, um, you know, indicates that we might see this, this dreaded second wave in the fall? Well, we're, you know, we're seeing it right now, uh, <clears throat> you know, some hot spots around the country, Georgia being one of them, uh, that we're seeing, uh, you know, more individuals. It seems like maybe not as critical as what mm-hmm. we were seeing before, and that might be the, the reason uh, attached to the younger population, mm-hmm. uh, that um, it is not as severe to them, uh, but we definitely are seeing some um, some rises in hospital. And so, you know, of course, it could change at any moment for us that, um, you know, that the hospitals would just be too overwhelmed and that uh, they could not support um, students, any any kind of healthcare students. Mm-hmm. But, but 
Uh, it's possible to prepare that, but uh, we were going to hope for the best to, to be able to continue. That's right. That's right. Well, um, staying positive is half the battle. Um, real, so I had kind of a last, uh, last question for you here. Um, is there any uh, silver lining here? I mean, I, I wake up, I read my newsfeed. It's, it's doom and gloom all over the place, right? The media um, and, and, and the reality is we're still in tough times economically, um, health-wise. But, you know, I, I do believe that as some doors close, others can open. Ha have you seen any, um, any positivity, uh, you know, amongst all this, this negativity? Uh, are there any bright spots in, in, uh, in your world these days? Yeah, I think, so. I think so. I think some of the bright spots are, are what we've learned early on with Corona, um, with some of those cases that were so severe and um, majority, it seems like a large, you know, a large number of cases um, were needed to be treated with a mechanical ventilator. And mm -hmm. the respiratory therapist is the only, the only healthcare practitioner that has formal training of how to manage a mechanical ventilator. Uh, so the bright spot coming from that is that there's been a lot more recognition and, um, eyes open to what respiratory therapists do uh, and their education and their training. And we've kind of seen that at Georgia State. You know, we've been around for 50, 51 years and this is the largest uh, application um, time that we have ever seen in those um, 51 years. I've been at wow. Georgia State for 20 years now. It's by far um, the largest. We've had a, over a 50% increase in our applications, well over 200 applications to um, our undergraduate program and then to our uh, graduate programs. Uh, we've uh, really, really seen that uh, increase. And I think what we're seeing there is that individuals are wanting to get into healthcare. They're wanting to care for individuals. And then ultimately, if we're looking at the economy, we know that healthcare is session proof. Uh, so, you know, if you're in a position that is going to potentially be hit, whether it already has or could be hit uh, by recession, by any economic times, maybe this is the time for you to look into other uh, training. Uh, and healthcare is just an excellent one. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's, you know, it's always been something positive for me. And, and we're seeing that uh, with our students. You know, our students who are graduating, they have multiple, multiple offers. Uh, many of the institutions are having sign-on bonuses for respiratory therapists mm. just because the need is so high uh, for respiratory therapists. So at least in respiratory therapy, and I think that's probably true for other uh, healthcare uh, practitioners, uh, we definitely are seeing um, the need and, and we're seeing the enrollment uh, in those healthcare programs to provide the education that's going to be needed for a new profession for these individuals. Well, that, that's, that's encouraging. Um, I think it speaks to the strength of your program. Uh, the, 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 the legacy of those 51 years um, has really built up a, a foundation um, that you're now leveraging. Right. And um, uh, I applaud your efforts. I, I uh, from the first time we hosted uh, you, you and your respiratory therapy students uh, in Nicaragua and then in the Dominican Republic, um, I, I, I immediately recognized um, that I di didn't necessarily before until I, I met y'all face to face and I saw you work with patients in, uh, in these countries. And um, 
certainly recognize and appreciate all the all the work um, that you all bring to to society and to the healthcare of those who need it most. Um, and I'm glad that there's a global recognition that's coming to uh, to bear on that as well. So, um, Doug, it's always a pleasure. Uh, I appreciate your time and and uh, you sharing with us. Um, we'll plug back in. We'll connect uh, in the next couple of weeks because I'm sure as we get back to school um, and on into the fall, there's going to be a lot to talk about. So again, thank you for your time. Always fun.